1 Corinthians 12, we've been on a series just strictly entitled The Holy Spirit. And we've been looking, we've we talked for a few weeks regarding the baptism of the Holy Spirit, prayed for many people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, prayed for other people that had already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues to have a, 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 a greater infilling and release of their prayer language and praying in the Spirit. And, and I believe some really good things have happened as a result of that, and we're going to do it, do it again before long on these Wednesday nights as we're teaching along this line. And, uh, and then we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and we've, we've looked at um, the working of miracles, and we've looked at the gift of faith, and we've looked at the discerning of spirits. And tonight, for the next couple of weeks, or maybe three weeks, we're going to look at, together, the manifestation of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. These are two of the revelation gifts in the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians. They are, they are two of the gifts that reveal something. Something is revealed from a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. Something is revealed to us. And God wants us to understand, each and every one of us, how to operate in these manifestations, how to be open to receive that. So we've got a number of examples in Scripture, and I'm going to give you a number of examples of things that have worked in my own life or have happened in my own life regarding this. Um, but look at 1 Corinthians 12.1. And it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, and we've talked about that's in italics, that is not in the literal uh, in the literal Greek here, that word gift, gifts was added. And so we've exchanged gifts with manifestation. And for one reason, the main reason, because it's not about a gift that is yours. It's about, it's, it's about something that is from God to help us. And what we need are the manifestations of the working of the Holy Spirit in our life and he gives us these different types of manifestation. And I'm not saying this is an exhaustive study on it, but I've done a lot of research and I've spent a lot of time with it and these things are working in my own life. And I'm sharing with you what I, what I believe will benefit you day to day. The Holy Spirit is here to help us day to day. Not just, you know, when something goes bad and, and you hope God will come through for you. If you don't believe in the Holy Spirit, in the person of the Holy Spirit, then he can't help you if you don't believe in him. And we're talking about somebody that just normally day to day doesn't have a natural manifestation. I'm not saying the Holy Spirit can't manifest himself however he wants to. God manifested the presence of the Word of God as his Son to all the world. For 33 years, the Word of God became the Son of God and lived on planet Earth for 33 years. He manifested Himself as the Word, the living Word, to all of humanity. He can manifest Himself however He wants to. He can manifest angels to, to speak to you if that's what He wants. But God's ultimate way of communication is a still, small voice on the inside of you. And the, and, 
and the avenue whereby you and I tap into what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us is through praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in other tongues. We talked about that. You can, you can listen to all of these messages on our podcast. You can go back and listen to them and, and go back over the things that we've shared along this line. You can go to, to gatesofthecity.org and they're free messages and you can download them or just listen to them on the website. Make sure to do that and, 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 and just resource yourself with the information and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you that it's truth that what we're talking about here. Amen? So, in this verse 1, he says, concerning spiritual manifestations, in other words, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant or unaware. In the last verse of this chapter, he says this, but earnestly desire, the King James says covet, Earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Earnestly desire the best gifts. 14, a, a, a chapter over, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, and verse 1 it says, Pursue love and desire or covet, desire spiritual gifts or manifestations, but especially that you may prophesy. And one of the nine gifts of the Spirit is prophecy, and two others of the nine gifts of the Spirit that we'll talk about here in a few weeks is tongues and interpretation of tongues, which is the equivalency of prophecy. It's the equivalent of what prophecy is because in these gifts, God will speak to you specific things. And these gifts overlap each other. We're giving you some definition of how they operate so you can go deeper in your life with God helping you through the manifestation of these different types of gifts. But here we see in these, in these passages, and actually in the second to the last verse of chapter 14, he says this, But brethren, desire earnestly or covet to prophesy, and do not forbid to speak with tongues. And, and so, as, as we read a number of these things in here, we see the Apostle Paul's attitude and heart toward the church at Corinth that they would understand how vital that spiritual gifts are. So God put you and I on planet Earth. And we live in a physical body. We have a mind, will, and emotions. And inside of us, if we're born again is that reborn spirit. We've been born a second time spiritually, and he wants to speak to us and give us information spiritually, so we have to know how to tap that. If Randy and I are talking, we're talking in the natural. But what we're talking about tonight is beyond the natural into the supernatural, right? And God wants, God wants you and I tonight, we're talking about the Word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. We're not talking about wisdom, just general wisdom or general knowledge. We're talking about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. Not the book of wisdom or the book of knowledge. We're not talking about the book of Proverbs, which is the the book of wisdom all all through it. There's no other book in the Bible that talks more about wisdom than the book of Proverbs. We're not talking about the book of Proverbs. We're talking about a word from God that is wisdom in a given situation. 
that in the natural you know absolutely nothing about and you don't have the answer to a situation that you need and that word of wisdom can come to you to give you a word. Not even a whole paragraph. Just a word or a statement. That word, actually, that word means a statement. So God has something at times that will help us if we listen to Him and if we grab a hold of that word that He gives us, the things that He tells us, then He'll reveal to us more of that. That way, that keeps us continually looking to Him for our answers and not the world. Not the world. We keep looking to Him. Now, um, in 1 Corinthians 12, we'll just read what we've been talking about. From verse 4, he says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, that, you see that word right there? That's the word, that's what we're looking for in talking about gifts. A lot of times, gifts draw the attention to us. When we talk about the manifestation of the Spirit, okay, we're talking about Him manifesting Himself in these different ways to help us. God is here to help you and I in ways that we've never had help in our lives. You've ever felt like nobody cared about you, nobody's helping you, you're on your own or whatever? I promise you, you're not on your own. You just have to learn how to tap his resource to let him help you and cause you to overcome anything that you face. Let me ask you this question. Does God know everything? Like he knows everything about everything? Any, anybody, anybody in here, Not I don't want any response after I say this, but anybody in here not agree with that? God knows everything about everything. I mean, okay, like, how many people do their hair every day? You put products in your hair, you wash your hair, you put stuff in your hair, you do things like that. I mean, God knows everything about everything, so he knows everything about hair products. I don't know why I thought of that. but God knows everything about everything about everything. And where does God live? <laughs> and he knows everything about everything about everything that you will ever face in life. He knows everything, and he lives inside of you, and he knows everything, and he lives inside of me. So does that mean that the possibility is there that everything that I need an answer to is already inside of me? If we believe that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and that whole process that he accomplished there, if we really believe it, not just make a confession, you got to believe it in your heart. That's why I told you about, about the sower sows the word. See, the things that you confess over yourself that line up with the word, you need to be hearing yourself say that so you're not being moved by what you see in the natural out here, but you're believing the word, and the more you believe it, you're going to see what you sow in the word be overtaken by your reaping. 
That's how powerful God is because, because if you're saying over yourself, I declare today that I am debt free. Is that the will of God? Okay, so, but you have to believe that. I, I can tell you based on um, five, at least five passages of Scripture in the Bible, that's the will of God for every human being. But I could tell you that, and you could be you know, overwhelmed with debt in your life right now and think, you know, there's, there's no way. So see, right now, you're more moved by what you see and what bill collectors say, and you can't deny it. You can't call your bill collector and say, you know what, I'm debt free. <laughs> no, 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 they'll just laugh at you. and say, well, that sounds great, but I need my money. I want my payment, or whatever it is, right? So see, you can't deny it, but, but for you to every day be meditating on how bad something is, you meditate, you meditate, you meditate. At the end of the day, that's what you believe. See, so i got to change my meditation by what I say. And you can't just say something one time a day. Well, I snuck it in this morning and surely that'll work. No, no, it's about what you believe. It's about what you say about you. That is day-to-day maintenance. That's Christianity 101. And I would say 80% of the church doesn't even believe it. At least the people that I come across. Maybe I'm just coming across 80% of 20. (laughs) You know, I don't know. But I'm talking about people that I see in other places and, 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 and people that I hear preaching certain things. It's like they almost come against that kind of thing. And it's, and it's not true. It's, it's real. See, first and foremost, confession out of your mouth. I don't know why I'm staying on this, but I got to. First and foremost, confession out of your mouth is to change the way you think, not just to change your circumstances. It will change your circumstances. And what you say in faith will change. Like I said, what I sow with the word, I'll be overtaken by the reaping when I believe it. But you've got to develop a belief system that what you're doing is really real. You've got to work all that, those components out yourself. I can help you, and I do, and I will, and I'll keep preaching the word. I'll never back off from preaching the word. I'll continue to preach it. But at the end of the day, you've got to take what you hear and do something with it. Can you say amen? So, the manifestation, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. See, so these manifestations are to profit people, to profit you and others around you. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge. By the same Spirit, to another faith, as we've already talked about, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the, healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, as we already talked about, to another prophecy, and to another the discerning of spirits that we've already talked about, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills thee. See, so it's not about you having a gift. It's about your relationship with God being so open that you're open to him willing all nine of these 
in and through your life at different times when it's right, when he knows it's right. Okay, now, I want to, I I uh, tonight, I'm going to just give you a, a little bit of definition the rest of the time I have. I'm going to give you a little bit of definition about the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and what they are and what they aren't and how they operate. And I'm going to give you four or five examples from the word. We'll just go there real quickly. And I, I'm going to give you about four or five examples of myself. You think, oh my gosh, you're going to work that all in in the next 20 minutes? You bet you I am. Glory to God. <clears throat> you bet you. Amen? Amen. Um, <laughs> Uh, so wisdom and knowledge work together they work together say that wisdom and knowledge work together actually these two these two manifestations actually complement each other because here's the deal a word of knowledge and so i'm going to read different examples in the bible the bible's it's, it's all over the Bible. Word of knowledge, okay, has to do with information that is given about something that happened years ago, happened before today, or is happening right now, or is going to happen right now. That's a word of knowledge. Word of wisdom is something that's in the future. Wisdom about things that will happen. So, Those are real basic definitions, but watch this as I read this in Scripture. Um, Let's look at John 4. And I'm not in any way going through all these stories or anything, so we're just jumping right in the middle of stories. I may say a little bit about what it is. You remember, this this is the story. Actually, I'm going to start with... um, verse 13 but this is the story of Jesus meeting the the woman of Samaria at the well you know the story and in verse 13 Jesus answered and said to her he's try, he's trying to explain to her about the the living water that she's drank from the well but there's a there's water that will cause her to live forever and Jesus answered and said to her whoever drinks of this water water will thirst again But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come near to draw. Now, it's funny where he goes with this. He's he's having dialogue with this woman about the water of the well. And then all of a sudden... Look at this word of knowledge. Here's a word of knowledge right in the middle of this this explanation. So he says, um, where where was I? Oh, verse 15. The woman said, uh, no, Jesus is 16. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, in other words, you've told the truth, that you don't have a husband now. For you've had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. (laughs) Right? Now, how could Jesus know that? Think about that. How could Jesus know 
that are, because all right, you say, well, it's because he's Jesus. No, no, Jesus learned the same way you and I learned. 30 years of preparation for three years of ministry. How could he know he had never met this woman and he tells this woman, he baits her to see if she's going to tell the truth, but he knew he, he, he probably knew that she was. And she said, I don't have a husband. You've said that truly. You've had five. And, and she is, so he is giving her information about something in her life. Do you think that that got her attention? <laughs> Imagine. How would anybody know that about me? I'm a Samaritan, you're a Jew, you're not even supposed to be talking to me. How would anybody know that? It's a word, a statement of knowledge. Acts chapter 9, another statement of knowledge. Did that benefit that lady? Imagine. Her whole life was turned upside down as a result of that. Acts chapter 9, and we're just going to start with verse 10. This is the Apostle Paul's Damascus Road experience where he was transformed. He was killing Christians, and then he has an experience with Jesus, and he and, and, and gets delivered and gets born again, and the rest is history. Um, <clears throat> verse 10. Now, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision. To him the Lord said in a vision. Everybody say, in a vision. Okay? A vision is not a dream. Vision and dream. I mean, they're they're, they're similar. But most dreams are when you're asleep. Visions are when you're awake. Well, I'd never have a vision. Yeah, you would. I've had visions. I've had a number of visions. And I'm going to give you different examples of visions that I've had. And they're not weird and freaky and, and, you know, at least the visions I've had are the people I've known that have had visions, nor was this here. Because watch, watch the response of Ananias. Look, look what he says here. Um, the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. So Ananias knew the Lord. Here I am, Lord. So Ananias knew the Lord. In other words, he had relationship with the Lord, right? So when you have an ongoing relationship with the Lord and you're developing that relationship, then you are open, you are a candidate to be open and used by God and for God for the demonstration of these manifestations of the Spirit. Lord, here I am. This is what the Lord says to him. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias. In a vision he's already seen, listen to me, he's already seen a man named Ananias. What does that mean? That means Ananias was coming. We serve a faith God. Some people are going, well, let, let me check on Ananias and see if he's going to actually do this. <laughs> you know, are you, going to, are you going to actually do what I'm asking you to do or not? Because we can't tell the angel to give the guy a vision and then him not do it. 
No, see, he already believed it. You know why? Because God knew him because they had relationship. He said, Ananias, Lord, here I am. Randy, Lord, here I am. Hmm? Fabian, Lord, here I am. Right? Veronica, Lord, here I am. Jessica, Lord, here I am. What's your name? (laughs) Corey. Lord, here I am. Right? Lord, here I am. If we have relationship. And if we have relationship with God, wait, wait, wait. He knows everything about everything about everything. All the time, in every situation, he knows everything about everything. Do not tell me God doesn't have an answer for your life. He knows everything about everything about everything. And where does he live? Inside of you. Inside of you. Stay with me right here because this is vital. This is vital. Lord, here I am. Go do this. Saul's got the vision. Ananias questions him because he doesn't want to go to a house with a guy that's been stabbing people in the back literally with knives, taking their heads off, stoning them to death in the streets. It's good. It's all good. He had a relationship. Okay. Scripture right here said, Ananias went his way and did what he was supposed to do. What happened as a result of that, that was a word of knowledge. It was a statement of knowledge. And as a result of that knowledge and him hearing that and doing it, it changed the whole dynamic of mankind. Because now Gentiles were going to be preached to by the man that was called to preach to them. And now, you and I have his letters, and what he does for us in our lives is a result of a word of knowledge from Ananias that was given to Ananias, and an Ananias hearing that word and doing something with it. Listen to me, you and I were created to change the world, right? And we change the world, not in the natural, not trying to do things like everybody else does it. But we change the world through the supernatural, the beyond natural things. And the supernatural is not the twilight zone. The supernatural is another zone. It's different than the natural. The two flow together when you learn how to bring your soul and your body in line with life and allow your spirit man to control every decision that you make. Remember, The one that knows everything about everything about everything lives on the inside of us. So any and everything you need has already been taken care of. You just got to tap it. And this is one of the ways he helps us to tap it. So, um, over 30 years ago, I was on this piece of property and, and I was on this three-wheeler and I was driving to the backside of this piece of property over 30 years ago. And uh, 
that year or the year before, between those two years, I had had three prophetic words spoken to me that God wanted me to pastor by three different people that didn't even know each other. That God wanted me to pastor. I'd always said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll never pastor. Always said that. So never say never. But I was on the backside of this property and I had a vision. And I've had a few visions through the years, but I never had one quite like this. So I'm going to explain to you exactly the way that I had this vision. Okay? I heard the Lord. Now, did I see anything? Nothing but a bunch of trees and some water. Did I see any natural thing? No. Did I actually hear a voice like if you were saying something to me? Almost. But I'd be lying if I told you it was an, it was an actual audible natural voice. But it was so loud inside of me that it was almost that way. And he said, you're going to pastor. And you're going to do it my way and it's going to be different than anybody else. You're not going to pastor like other people. You're going to do it my way. Now, what that meant over time, remember, that was a vision and that was a word of what? Wisdom. Because it spoke to me about the future. God had already confirmed that that year and the year before that with three other people. And when I heard that, you know, I mean, it's still, I told Becky about it, we prayed, and, and, and it took like two years for that thing, for that to actually come to pass and manifest. But that was something that I needed to hear that way, but I've never really heard anything else in my 40 years of salvation quite like that. But it was, it was a, I heard it spoken to me just like that. Very short, to the point, word of wisdom, and it did something on the inside of me. And it built confidence and strength that I could do what God had called me to do. Not because I was qualified. If anybody was not qualified to pastor, it was me. But I found in the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, he doesn't call the people to do certain things that are already qualified. He qualifies and equips those he calls. So it all went together. Can you say amen? Over 20 years ago, one night, my children were all a lot smaller. and They uh, were supposed to be traveling to San Antonio to go do, I don't know what it was, voice lessons or something like that. They were supposed to travel to San Antonio. And in the middle of the night, either my wife woke up in the middle of the night or I did, and then she, when, when we both woke up as we were getting up in the morning, um, God had spoken to both of us that they weren't supposed to go. And what, the way the word came to both of us was an urgency. It wasn't fear. God doesn't speak in fear. God didn't say, oh, my God, your kids can't go. They're going to die. He would never say that. He'd tell you, don't go. And that's what he said. It was an urgency. And that's all it was. Your children aren't going. What is that? That was a word of knowledge for the moment. 
Did that help us? Absolutely. Because when we both woke up, we both felt the same thing on the inside of us. Not a feeling here, but a sense on the inside. And we knew it. I told the story about the time I was going to see my pastor in, in, uh, in Burnett. He, at the time, lived in Austin. Pastor John that was here for Word First. And uh, I was meeting him in Burnett. And uh, I got up that morning, and the Lord said, another urgency. You're not leaving yet. He didn't say you're not going. He just said you're not leaving yet. A vision that I had. Because visions come in, in a spiritual way to give you insight, okay, about what it is that you need to hear. The, there has to be an urgency because a lot of times we'll kind of think, eh, you know, is that God or what? But when, when there's a vision that manifests and you actually see yourself not going, I saw myself not going right then. And about 45 minutes later, I, I had the peace. I had called him and told him I wasn't coming yet. And he said, well, call me when you leave. And I did. I called him. And when I headed that way, there, there was the most horrific accident to this day I've ever seen. To the point you couldn't even tell the cars that were driven. It was a semi-truck, I knew that. But there were two cars in this wreck. And, I, and as I was in this long line of people that were backed up, I realized I would have been right there at that time. God saved me. So, well, why didn't God save the other people? Maybe he talked to them and they didn't do anything about it. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not saying I'm better than them or anything else. I'm just saying that's what I heard. Don't do it. And I didn't. And I see this. And I really believe God spoke to me. You'd have been right here. You had to obey me and do what I said right then. Did it help me? Absolutely. See, it profited my life. Man, because I'm still here today. I want to I be able to hear that way all the time, every day. These gifts are available. These manifestations are available to us on a day-to-day -day basis, every day. Another one, Acts 11 and verse 27. Just a couple more and we'll end it here in just a moment. Acts 11 and verse 27. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which happened in the, day, in the days of Claudius Caesar. By the Spirit, he spoke and declared a word of wisdom about something that was coming, and it happened. In that one verse of scripture right there, he said he declared that and it happened. He declared it and in the future it happened. It's a word of wisdom. Um, and then in Acts 27, I want to read this one because it's, it's interesting that, you know, the, at, at this point, the Apostle Paul is a prisoner. And he's being taken to a certain destination. And, okay, so he's a prisoner. And, and, and this, this is what Paul says. Look at verse 9. Now, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over, Paul advised them, saying, Men, 
I perceive. What's he saying? I have a witness. I'm hearing from God. I hear what God is saying to me. I'm, I'm speaking to you from God. But he's just he's telling these ungodly people, I perceive that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss. What is that? It's a word of wisdom, something that's going to happen. Not only of the cargo in the ship, but also of our lives. Well, if you read on, that's what happened. Verse 27, here's another word. Now when the... Um, I gotta go to, no, 21. But after, a, but after long abstinence from food, then Paul stood in the midst of them and he said, Men, you should have listened to me. And, and I want to say this right, but it can cost you when you don't listen to God. He said, man, you should have listened to me. I mean, man, they lost all of their stuff. Paul told them. But, but it said that, that the guy that, that was the captain of the ship, he put more stock into people of the world that had their ideas instead of a, instead of a prisoner, right? I mean, that's what no, normally somebody do. Why am I going to listen to this prisoner? Paul said, you should have listened to me. And in so many words, <laughs> he told them, Again, and they listened, right? Both of those were words of wisdom about things that were going to happen. God wants you and I to see that the same God of the Bible that worked through the Apostle Paul is the same God that's on the inside of us. He knows everything about everything. And whatever situation that I need help in, he's there to give me that. Can you say amen to it? Four things, real quickly, four things that you have to, and we'll talk about this next, that we're going to pick up from right here next week. But four things that have to be in motion to, to hear from God, to live this type of life all the time. God wants us living like this all the time. Number one, you have to wait on Him. You have to wait on God. Number two, you have to ask. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, Whatsoever things that you ask for when you pray, believe you receive those and you'll have them. Where does that come from? What I said in the beginning about confession, about renewing our mind and thinking like God thinks. He wants, God wants you to think about yourself the way he sees you. Number three, so I'm going to wait, I'm going to ask and pray, and when I ask and pray, then I've got to listen for what God wants to tell me, and then number four is to do. Wait, ask, and ask and pray. Listen to what he's saying, and then do what he says. You know what? That's real simple. But if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. It takes a decision to be determined that I'm going to live that way until I see this flowing in my life, till it becomes a part of my life. There's not anything. Anything that you're not doing today, that you're not doing, that you want to do, you're going to have to practice and develop it. I don't care what it is. Same, th- same thing with this. So, <clears throat> I, want you to, I want you to think about this. Um, 
as soon as, or as close as maybe 10 years ago, if I was going to be working on something at my house, my family would leave. One time I was working on the oven and I blew the oven up. I mean, literally, literally, sparks, fire, (laughs) blew it up. To be a hearer and a doer, there's one real key thing that has to, to intertwine everything you do, and it's humility. Because your selfish way of doing something, a lot of times, where you think you can do something when you really can't, you need the help of the Holy Spirit, it'll cause fires in the oven. But over the last 10 years, I have benefited from the social media magnet, YouTube. I have fixed a washing machine that lasted another two years. I have fixed my air conditioner multiple times. I have fixed my heater as of about a week ago when it's freezing outside and the air blowing through is cold. And I thought, what the heck? But then I thought about what I was teaching you tonight. I get some information from the people out there, but it don't always fit with what I have. But I started with that information from YouTube. And one day I was realizing God knows everything about everything. He knows everything about washing machines. He knows everything. Does God know everything about everything? Everything. See? But I had to learn how to think like a washing machine and a heater and an air conditioner and all those kind of things. The other day when that air was blowing cold, I was just thinking... My first thought was, there's somebody come out tonight. <laughs> that was my first thought. And I said, no, no, no. Father, I don't know how to do this. I don't really know how in the natural to troubleshoot my heater. I, I'm having a conversation with him just like this, but I'm, but I'm asking you to show me and reveal to me. So all of a sudden, and you can call this a vision, I saw myself in my attic I've been up there many times so it's easy for me to vision myself up there so I saw myself because see I'm I'm working on something I'm working I I don't want to just hire somebody when I can be smart enough to do things because I have the smart one inside of me so I envisioned myself up there so I climbed up my little ladder in the house you know that goes inside into your attic got a big attic and I walk the beams over to the heater, the unit that's over there. And I'm just standing there looking at it, and I just said, Lord, you you knew how to make heaters before heaters were even thought about. And you live in me, and I just ask you to show me. And the Lord brought to my remembrance, and I'm not blaming my nephew at all, 
he was helping me. We had, we had an air conditioner problem, and he was in town, and he was up in the attic helping me with draining a plug. Uh, the the uh, what am I trying to say? The 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 uh, yeah the condens the, no the uh, evaporator yeah the, and it has a little unit that drains you know whatever I'm trying to say and condensation that comes out of there and uh, he was helping me do that and and and. I was going to put, after we finished it, and it worked, and it did what it was supposed to do, we put the siding back on there, and, it, you know, it, 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 it has to be on there right because of the suction on, on, that is in the unit right there. It, the air has to suck up against that. And so I'm standing there thinking, why my heater's not blowing correctly? And the Lord said, because that thing's not set right. Well, I hadn't used it for heating. I just used it for air conditioning. It didn't affect it. It affected my air conditioner somewhat, but not as bad as with the heat. And he said, your nephew didn't put that back on right. I'm not blaming my nephew. He helped me a lot. I'm just saying he didn't get it back in there right. <laughs> I said, okay. And I pulled that thing off. Boy, I felt the suction because I had the heater running, you know. And man, when I, because when I came up there, it seemed loud. And I got that thing back in there and stuck the screw because the, when I was in, undid the screw, it wasn't really all the way in. It was kind of like it was stripped, but it wasn't stripped. It just wasn't in there. And when I set that thing in there, and I went downstairs, and I could hear them yell, hey, it's blowing hot. <laughs> yeah, I fixed it. We got it down. Only took me about 15 minutes. God will make you look good. But you know what? Listen to me. You, you, it's got to be coming out of your mouth. Yeah. It's the Lord. Because I don't know anything about eaters. But he made him. He knows everything about everything. Everything. And listen, what did it take me to do? No, 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 wait, back up, back up. Don't get up there and start throwing crap around and, you know, start, you know, forcing something and kicking something to see if it'll work. Or no, 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 don't do any of that stuff. Huh? That's, that's, that's immature stuff. You have to wait, right? Pray. Thank you, Father. God, I thank you. You know everything about everything. You know these heaters. You can show me. And if I need to call somebody to come fix it, then that's what I'll do. Because you know God will tell you to do that. Huh? Because there's no reason he needs to you need to spend all that time for the next 25 days God's showing you how to repair a heater just call somebody who knows how to do it save you a lot of time but not about something like that if they'd have had to come out at nighttime because it was super cold maybe charge me just a hundred dollars to put that thing back on God not only saves you money saves you time saves you embarrassment and he makes you look good and, and what we're required to do is just give him glory for what he does with us you know I mean I'm actually a pretty handy handyman because I want to be I want to do it I want to learn God's a great handyman and he lives inside of me I just want to be connected to him so tonight that word of knowledge that he gave me about the air conditioner 
whatever it's called. See, I don't even know what to call it. why Why do you have to know what to call it when you just do what he says? As a word of knowledge. And it benefited me. And it made me look good. And I give him the glory. So I'm just sharing it with you to give God the glory for who he is and what he's done. Can you say amen tonight? can't be ignorant of these things because we'll waste a lot of time in life and we don't want to waste time. And however much time you've wasted in your life, today's the best day to pick up these kind of truths that we're teaching here on this. Put them to work and live the rest of your life benefiting in life through the help of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen?